It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.08 on a Saturday morning, and we're broadcasting live this morning from Pike Nursery, Peachtree City. Can I get a little hand right there? Yes, indeed. There are people already here. Crazy people, as far as I can understand, because they have been here for several minutes, and the show hasn't even started. Here we're started, and they're still here and not gone home. It's wonderful. Peachtree City is one of the niftiest little cities in the, in the country. And many of you know Peachtree City because you heard that this is a place that you can drive a golf cart wherever you want to go. You get yourself a golf cart and they let you on the superhighway if you want to, I guess. Golf carts are just the preferred mode of transportation in Peachtree City. And I'm going to tell a, uh, you know what, I need to recognize our partner in crime this morning. Mickey Gasway is bringing herself to the table this morning. Hi, Mickey. How are you? I'm well, thank you, ma'am. Good. And Mickey, you've been to Peachtree City before. We've done broadcasts yes. here before, right? Love it. Come down. Have I told you the story of how Peachtree City came to be and what I had to do with it? No, I haven't. But I bet you're going to. I bet I am going to, as a matter of fact, <laughs> because it, a it's an interesting story, and b it has something to do with my mother. Oh. Oh. Many listeners know that I am from Fayette County, that I grew up in Fayette County, not in Peachtree City, which at the time I grew up was nothing but cow pastures and cornfields, and that was about it as far as it came to any place called Peachtree City. I lived on the other end of, of Fayette County, down in Woolsey and Inman, in the south of Fayette County on Highway 92. But my mother was sort of an entrepreneur, and she was not only a school teacher. She was also the secretary for the local Fayette County Farm Bureau. She was a avid seller of world book encyclopedias. And for a while, she was known as Francis the Fisherman's Friend because <laughs> she has decided that she could get a map from the local soil conservation service that had all, had all the streams and all the ponds and lakes, which is what soil conservation folks do, is they help people to you know, conserve the soil, and it's a federal program. And so the Soil Conservation Service map showed all the ponds and lakes that were in Fayette County, at which time Fayette County had more ponds and lakes than any county in Georgia. Wow. And so my mother went around to all the hardware stores and bait shops and places like that and sold them a little advertising. She said, right around the edges of this Fayette County map of all the ponds, I'm going to put advertising for your bait shop saying, you know, red wigglers, 100 for a dollar, and crickets live on sale today. And then I want to give you these maps for free, and you can give the maps to your customers when they come in and go in fishing, and there'll be a little map that shows where this lake is and where this pond is and how much it costs to fish there and what kind of fish they have in it and all that kind of stuff. And so my mother did this for several years. Wow. Francis, Francis, the fisherman's friend. <laughs> What does this have to do with Peachtree City? I'm going to tell you. As I said, at the time, it was nothing but cow pastures, cornfields, not much else in Fayette County at this end of the county. But an entrepreneur named Joel Cowan. Where are we right now? On Joel Cowan Parkway, right here in Peachtree City. And Joel Cowan said, look at all that vacant, well, vacant, the cows didn't consider it vacant, but the... Uh, 
Look at all that open land, Joel says. It's just south of the airport. It is a place that's ripe for development. And you know we could have build a bunch of houses down there, sell them to the pilots, and sell them to all the people who work at the airport. It's going to be taken off in the next few years. This is probably in the late 50s, I'm yes. guessing, Mickey, yeah. is when this all this happened. And so Mr. Cowan decided that he would start assembling all this land down here, start buying it up, you know, from the farmers around here. And he had some support from the local uh, politicians and some opposition from the local politicians, too. But nonetheless, Mr. Cowan was buying up land, but he got to a point where he needed more money. I and mean, frankly, he needed a lot more money to keep buying land and developing and putting in roads and golf cart trails and things like that. And so he decided to go to New York and to raise money from investors up there. And going up there, he was given to understand that they wanted to know where the various streams and the lay of the land and any water features and things like that in this proposed Peachtree City, where were they located? And so Mr. Cowan oh. says, well, I have seen a map of all the ponds oh, wow. in Fayette County. I believe I can go to the hardware store and, buy, and get one. And so he went to probably, probably Travis Hardware in Fayette County on the square and got a map of Fayette County's ponds and lakes. Francis, the fisherman's friend, wow. had, had, uh, had given it away. And he took that to New York and showed all the fancy financiers with all the money in their pockets. And they gave him money and came back to Fayette County and bought the land and made Peachtree City because they could trust a map made by my mother. Wow. <laughs> that is that. quite a, that is a... Now, frankly, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but I like the story. As you can tell, I like the story a lot. I think it is true because, again, it involves my mother, so it's That's got to be right. somewhat true. Absolutely. And she told it to me, sort of, and she wasn't smiling a whole lot when she said it. So I'm assuming that it is true. That is, that is how cool. Peachtree City came to be. And then the Pike Nursery, of course, came in to serve the citizens of Peachtree <laughs> City. And that's why we're here this morning at the Pike Nursery in Peachtree City on Joel Cowan Parkway, otherwise known as Highway 74. Or the friend of the fisherman's friend. Francis, the fisherman's, fisherman's friend. Yes. So that's who Joel Cowan was. He was the, the friend. friend. He was the, the friend, friend of, of Francis, the, friend, the fisherman's, fisherman's friend. friend. That's exactly right. Mr. Okay. Cowan was okay. the friend of. So <laughs> I'm basically, I'm the son, son of the fisherman's of the friend. friend. So Mr. Cowan and I are just like, just like right. that, fast, fast <laughs> friends. We're just there. <laughs> Mickey, I went yesterday to my, I can't say my favorite pike nursery, but I can't say my closest pike okay. nursery to my house, which I go to all the time, yeah. the Toco Hill. And one of the things mm -hmm. I noticed there is there are a lot of people working at Toco Hill who have names that have to do with plants. It's true. Like? Like the cashier, Henry Bush. I love it. Like the guy working in the back, Mo Green. Like the plant expert, Jane Going, who's always going, going, going wherever she goes in that nursery. The girl just goes 20 miles, 40 miles an hour. Like Joyce Brown at the front uh, cashier who brings joy every time I come into that store. She Aww. says, hey, hiya, welcome to Pike Nursery. Anybody that comes in, joy, Joyce does a great job. So I went to my Toco Hill Pike yesterday, okay. bought three tomatoes because, as you know, this is tomato weekend That's at Pike right. Nursery. Gallon plants, big, good-looking tomato plants. Only three dollars. And what kind did you buy? This year I'm going all all bush kite, and so oh, yeah. I got a Rutgers, I got a bush bush something else, and a bush something else. I can't remember now what they are. Have you tried Celebrity? I have grown Celebrity I before. I love Celebrity because it doesn't year. get quite as big. Yeah, they did not have it. At the, we at had the them. At, we had them in the. In the gallons. It, yeah. At West Coast. So yeah. today at all Pike <clears throat> Nurseries, by the way, three dollar 
one gallon huh. tomato plants, come down and have your tomatoes already with fruit on them. Some yeah. already have fruit on them. You could be the first one in your neighborhood to have tomatoes and have bragging rights for everyone there. And also the uh, annuals for 99 cents for mm -hmm. annual flowering plants as well. <sighs> Let's talk about our phone number, which is 404-872-0750. If you have a garden question, and we've got time to put Andy in here, don't we? And Andy, who's out in Snellville, join us, Andy, on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Walter. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. How can I help? Well, um, I, I have what might sound like a stupid question. I don't know. But uh, oh, no. I'm just wondering, uh, since, since both garden soil and potting soil have things mixed in them, particularly fertilizers of various sorts, uh, I'm wondering whether there is or whether there should be an expiration date on their use. I have some garden soil left over from last year. I'm not sure whether I should use that or not. I think the fertilizer that's in garden soil, yes, will eventually evaporate, yeah. like you say, from the, from the bag. Okay. But that's a very small percentage of the stuff in a in a potting soil bag, of course. So you got all that big bag of organic matter and potting stuff. And so there's no reason not to use it when you're potting up your plants. But if you want to fertilize them and the soil's a year or two old, eh, maybe add a little bit of miracle Grow or Osmocote or Dr. Earth or something like that to the, to the soil because it does, as, as I just pointed out, it does evaporate after a while out of the bag. Great, great. I wasn't sure. That is a smart question, Andy. I would say that's the smartest question we've had so far this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Walter. I love your show. Thank you, sir. We do appreciate it. It's 618 at News Talk WSB. And we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes was no sunlight this morning. Something without <laughs> it was dark this morning, as a matter yeah. of fact. When I woke up, the sunlight was non-existent in my part of the world. This is Lawn and Garden. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Dry most of today, high of 82 degrees today, low 67 tonight. Sunday, scattered showers, some severe thunderstorms perhaps, high of 75, low of 46 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery in Peachtree City, where we are learning... We're learning intimate details of Mickey Gasway's life. Mickey Gasway, of course, from Pike Nursery, West Cobb, has a hobby of chasing armadillos. Is this true? Well, not every day. Not every day, but... How often do you my, chase an armadillo? I don't know. My grandson and I used to do it all the time. Do you pick them up? Yeah, by the tail. And what... You have to hold them way away from you just I, because we did. Just because we did. Yeah, and how many grandmas will do that? Not many. My yeah. grandmother would not chase an armadillo <laughs> or a possum with me. She That's left right. that up to my own device. Oh, we love possums. So how do you catch them? Do they not just you? They just kind of they just kind of be still. They they're, they're almost like like a possum. They just be they're really really still, and we just go up and grab them by the tail, and hold them away from me because they'll scratch you. If you and don't. what do you do with them after you've picked them up by the tail? <laughs> Take pictures. <laughs> and then what do you do with them? Then we them? turn them loose. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you need any details about armadillo capture, and I won't tell you the worst part about it because they they don't they're not happy. And yeah. So they... I'm not going to ask the worst part <laughs> of it either. I, I, do. I don't want to know what they but do when they're not happy. It just does not particularly <laughs> want. To, I don't want to put it on the air. As a matter <laughs> of fact, Chris is in Sugar Hill and hopefully has a question about something much less disgusting than armadillos. <laughs> Chris, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How Hey, we're doing fine. Chris, what's on, what's on your mind? I have a persistent weed in the yard. I cannot get rid of it. I see a picture on name that can on your website. Yeah. Um, yeah look at it. Okay. It has uh, like parsley-like leaves. Yeah. Hold I'll on, Chris. Down, let me look at the picture for a minute. Uh, go ahead. Let me look at the picture for a minute. Oh, it's burrweed. You have burrweed. Well, now I looked at descriptions of it, and I don't have burrs, and it doesn't have flowers. So well, that's you what got, it is, if, if what, what you sent me on Name That Plant is burrweed, and I don't know why it has not made burrs yet, but burrweed is a winter annual, which means that the seeds sprout in September, October each year, and then the plants grow a little bit during the wintertime. They grow a lot during the spring. And by June, July, it sort of dies back and makes little burrs. It has little bitty flowers at the ends of the branches and it makes little burrs. And if you walk around on it in your bare feet, it'll make you say very, very ugly words. So be careful of that. But the way you prevent it now or where you deal with it now, I guess, Chris, is get some, uh, just any broadleaf weed killer, the weed beater from Pike or you know, Bayer, Ortho, one of those. But any of the broadleaf weed killers will kill burrweed once it's already sprouted. But the best thing to do to prevent it is to put a pre-emergent out in September to keep the seeds from coming up then. Yeah, I did that, but I guess I didn't put enough down. Uh, and I've sprayed a couple different weed killers on it. It just doesn't seem to affect. I mean, is it going to die? You said it's going to die out probably in about June? Yeah, it'll turn yellow and die after it drops all the seeds, yeah. Okay, hey, can I ask you one more question on grass? No, sad to say, I don't have enough time. We've got only ah. 10 seconds here, Chris. Call me next Saturday, Chris. We'll talk to you then. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. <laughs> broadcasting for a very lively audience this morning from Peachtree City, Georgia, in Pike in, in Pike Nursery at Peachtree City, Georgia, where we're broadcasting. Mickey Gasway is with you this morning, and we are here to answer your questions by phone, 404-872-0750, or in person right here at Pike Nursery. You come and visit this morning. In a few minutes, we're going to go to the Chick-fil-A at Kedron Village and get some Chick-fil-A biscuits. They'll be delivered in about... 15 or 20 minutes, and my whole audience will leave. <laughs> Go over to, the, over to the table, have breakfast. That'll be the thing to do this morning. We go to the phones now with Sue in Dunwoody, Georgia. Hey, Sue, good morning. Sue? Give you the deciding vote All right. on how to fertilize our zoysia. All right. What's the question? On my gardening calendar, I say that you the first fertilizing goes down when it greens up 75%. The right. second seven weeks, 
after that, nothing past mid-September. But my husband, who believes everything you say, went to your website. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And it says twice is all you need, one in May and one in August, which is, who's right? Did I say both of those things? (laughs) Surely, surely you can't find a contradiction to what I've written or said. Um, Yeah, I don't know where I got my information, but I don't make things up usually. I know. As soon as you said it, I said, well, that would be something like Mm -hmm. I would say right there. Yeah. And as soon as you quoted your husband, I said to myself, well, that would be something I would say, too. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, I think the first is probably more correct, Sue, because the first thing you noted was how green the grass mm-hmm. needs to be. Yeah. And that's how you tell when zoysia grass can absorb fertilizer is when it's green, when it's at least 70% green, which is what you okay. noted. Okay. Um, which is getting close right now. Have you looked at yours, Sue? Is it green? Is that green yeah. now? It should be. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Green. So now's a good time to use a turf fertilizer mm-hmm. on zoysia, yeah. And wait six to eight weeks, seven weeks if you want to, to fertilize again. And that would put us into, what, June, June? I guess? Yeah. Right, right, June. right. And then um, I think you could leave it alone for the rest of the summer. But if your husband wanted to fertilize it in August, I'm not going to go and tie his hands down and not let him <laughs> spread that fertilizer because I know it would make you feel good. <laughs> Two is, is usually fine. Yeah. But okay, here's good. the advantage. Here's the advantage, Sue. If he fertilizes more than twice, he will get to mow more than, more than he wants to. Or maybe he likes mowing, I don't know. But it will certainly make the grass grow faster and he will need to mow more often. And if your husband is somebody who likes to mow and smell that nice green mown grass, then more power to him. Okay, all right. Well, of course, he's blaming me for too much fertilizer and that's why we have uh, that poania out no, there. No, twice a year is fine for, for zoysia and the poiana doesn't have anything to do with how much you fertilize, no. Good, tiebreaker, thank you. All right, you two go and fight it out now. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you thank soon. You. See Bye. you in divorce court, one or the other. 404 <laughs> I have to do a little marital counseling occasionally here because I, I have several marriages in my, in my past, and so I have a lot of experience here. Um, Adam, Adam is in Fayetteville, Georgia. Hey, Adam, good morning. Welcome to Lawn Garden. Hey, Walter, how are you? Hey, Adam, we're doing great. What's going on? Hey, I've got a couple of apple trees. They're fairly young. They're only about four or five feet tall and haven't produced any apples yet. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed some what looks like fungus on them uh, last year, and it started again this year. It looks like a white, uh, fuzzy, Yeah. I don't know, it's on the branches, it's in little clumps, it's not necessarily on the leaves. I can hear the the marbles (laughs) shaking around in Mickey's head right this minute. She knows exactly what you have, Adam. It's lichens. Well, I was wondering if it was aphids. No. Uh, This is sort of mossy looking, right? Yes, it look kind of mossy? It's a lichen, and it's really just an indicator. Yeah, lichens getting, are harmless. It's not growing very much, or that you're getting a well, lot of light in there. It's not. It doesn't okay, hurt well, it itself. Can, it just tells you it's not growing. I can wipe it off. Yeah. And like I said, it's a white, fuzzy. Um, I don't know, but it, I can wipe it off, and it's red on my fingers. Oh, that oh, sounds like scale. scale. That scale. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah we, we misdiagnosed. Yeah, we misdiagnosed because <laughs> we didn't realize how big it was. We should have asked how big the stuff mm-hmm. was. I, I thought it was lichens yeah. as well. 
So if you okay. smash it and it goes red on your fingers, then yeah, Mickey is right. Scale, scale insects. And uh, the way is, so that is, is that an insect or is yeah. that a fungus? It's an insect. Same uh, family okay. as aphids. Yeah, they, they look fuzzy. So you think fungus maybe when you look at it, but it's actually an insect, a sucking insect. So mm -hmm. it's bad for the tree. And the way to okay. kill them is to spray with an oil of all things, not motor oil, not something from the <laughs> hardware store, but you get some horticultural oil. And they mm -hmm. have it at Pike, of course. And you spray oil on these scale insects. Right now is a great time to do it, by yeah. the way, Adam, because they're sort of waking up from the yeah. wintertime and they're growing and they're trying to reproduce. And the oil suffocates them. Okay. And so you spray very thoroughly all the, all the limbs and twigs wherever you see these little scale insects adhere to the adhere to the tree and the oil suffocates them and in about a month or two go out there and scrape them off again and see if any of them are still alive most of them will be brown underneath the shell and so you won't see that red gooey stuff anymore but uh okay. if you see any more that have the red stuff underneath them just reapply the oil that's all you have to do okay well thank you very much all right good to help you. good to talk to you adam thanks for calling you Yes, 404 Get you in to take Adam's place. So let us, whoops, there's the wrong line right there. Let's go to, <laughs> let's see, pull this down to Bruce in Adairsville. Bruce, you're on News Talk WSB. Hey, Bruce. Did I, I think I turned Bruce off right there. Well, doggone. Bruce, redial, come back in. I will mention, though, that here at the nursery, one of the things you can do when you come to a live broadcast from Mickey and myself, you can bring pictures of your weeds or if you have a landscape design question mickey is much much better than i am at actually showing what you can do maybe a couple of potential places you can improve your landscape and by coming to a live broadcast you get to have some personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, conversations about your landscape and your plants and everything in fact one of our folks here just a minute ago showed me or told me about her blueberry patch. She has a patch of blueberries. It has uh, nets around it to keep the birds and the deer and everything <laughs> around. But she wants to make a walkway around it. And so her question was, can she spray weed killer onto the weeds where she's going to make the walkway without hurting the blueberries? And at first I cautioned her. I said, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea to put Roundup or, or one of the broadleaf weed killers around your blueberry plants because they have such shallow roots. It worries me the chemical might, might hurt them. On the other hand, I remember that these years or this uh, season, Pike is carrying a new kind of herbicide. It's called burnout, bonide burnout. And burnout is an organic weed killer it burns the leaves off of plants, but it's not translocated. It does not go through the roots of a plant. It doesn't go and hurt the blueberry. It doesn't hurt the, frankly, it doesn't hurt the roots of the dandelions or the violets that you spray it on. But it does kill the top of the plants very quickly. And you said you've used it. Maybe. Yeah, I did it this week. I hadn't tried it. And yeah. I thought I did it this week, and it does. I mean, within a day. They're brown. Just brown and dead because it has, mm -hmm. it has citric acid and what? Clove Clover oil. oil. And yeah, it smells yeah. good. It smells good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the smell, smell it. Smell it. Well, I'm not going to open it up right here. here. <laughs> it does smell good. All right. It smells sort of like cloves and lemons <clears> in there. <throat> so this new herbicide, the organic herbicide, is called bonide burnout. And again, it does not kill the roots of plants. If you have a perennial rooted plant, it's not going to kill it. You have to respray it a couple of times to, to starve the roots to death. But yeah. if you want quick burn down of plants that in the herbicide is not translocated into the roots of a plant, then bonide burnout might be the stuff to use. I believe I have Bruce back on the line here. Let's get my little cursor up here and try not to cut him off this time. Hey, Bruce, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? Doing fine, Bruce. How can we help? Hey, I called you. I called you a couple months back. Um, you uh, had a thing about the swirly tornado uh, root ball. When I took it out of the pot, I planted it, and uh, I didn't untangle the roots. Okay. okay. Well, I never got around while it was dormant to dig them back up, untangle the roots, put them back in the soil. Uh-huh. Now they got leaves on them. Would it be all right to still take them out and, you know, un- untangle the roots and then replant them with the leaves or do I have to wait till it's dormant again? How, how big are the crepe myrtles, Bruce? How tall are the crepe myrtles? Oh, they're only about 18 inches tall. Yeah, I would think at this point, that's small enough that it's not going to be a lot of damage done to the roots and you don't have that many leaves on it so yeah if you deed up untangle the roots spread them out like i said before and then put it back in the ground and just look at the leaves and don't let them dry out over the next couple of weeks i think the crepe myrtle should be fine they're tough plants all right you might try using some root starter when you did it in case you did lose some of those roots it would you know, encourage it to root some more. Yeah, Pike has a product called Root Star. You can put in the soil with it, Bruce. Um, root Zone. Root Zone. That's the name, yeah. Root Zone. And so try a little bit of that. Not a lot, but a little yeah. bit to help the roots to reestablish and recover from your damage. But, yeah, I think you'd be fine. Yeah. But All right. Thank you so straightening much. Straightening out sir. those roots. Straightening the roots out on a plant is imperative. If you don't do that, the roots are not going to straighten themselves out. They simply go round and around, mm-hmm. and eventually it will be a big problem. They'll strangle the bottom of the crepe myrtle or the tree or whatever you have, and uh, that's not going to be good. Not good at all. Right, right. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your uh, knowledge there. That's great talking to you, Bruce. Thanks so much for calling. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. In just a minute, Charlie and Kent wants to ask us about whether he can use horse manure on Bermuda grass. You can use horse manure on some things, and I will give him some guidance on times when horse manure might not be the thing to use on some parts of your landscape. So stick around for that. It's 647 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. Oh, there's a big armadillo in the middle of a little old country road. An old brown bottle in a puddle near the cattle guard. A June bug beetle in the bottom of the bottle of the big armadillo in the middle of a little old country road. I am traveling on. There's a red-headed rider with the radio rearing and the windows down. Rocking and reeling to the rhythm of the country sounds. He's got his 18 wheeler with the to the middle. Headed for the middle and a bottle in the middle of a little old I can tell that Jason Byers is our engineer this morning. Somehow the little birdie tells me Jason B has found another song that is his favorite song to play. On the radio, indeed he is. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, high of 82 degrees. Today, 67 tonight. Sunday, scattered showers. Maybe a chance of a severe thunderstorm. High of 75, low of 46. And of course, if thunderstorms are imminent, the weather on Sunday might be a little rough sometimes, then you sure want to stay tuned to News Talk WSB, where Kirk Mellis will keep us informed in the storm center. Charlie is in Canton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. What do you got, Charlie? Um, 
I am wanting to know uh, about horse manure on Bermuda grass. I have um, access to a stable, and he said I could have all he, you know, all I want. So um. <laughs> they're very, very excited when you want his manure, Charlie. What's he going to do with it? Otherwise, he gives it to people who want manure for their for their lawn. So, so what's your question? Um, I, I can find all kinds of things that says that chicken manure is good, uh, but mm-hmm. I can't find anything that says horse manure is. On Bermuda lawns, I see no reason not to use it as long maybe as it's been sitting around the stable for a while so it doesn't have active weed seeds in it. If it's been composted and been out and heated up maybe a couple of times by the, by the stable, then if it doesn't have weeds in it, then fine. Why not? Put it all over your lawn and let the grass grow. On the other hand, Charlie, I promised listeners a while ago that I would talk about when not to use horse manure in a landscape, and that would be underneath broadleafed plants and sometimes in a garden even if you use horse manure and don't know who has taken care of the pastures the horse uh, grazed on. Sometimes there are weed killers that stay in manure for a long time, they stay in for months, if not a year sometimes, and putting that horse manure that has the weed killer in it underneath a broadleaf shrub, a rhododendron or an azalea or some tomato plant or a squash or whatever that has a broadleaf on it. Boy, that horse manure herbicide will really make the leaves turn up and not look happy at all. And so on a lawn, the only thing you care about are broadleaf things in a lawn is weeds. And so yeah, okay, if the weed killer is in the manure, you don't care on your Bermuda lawn. But as far as using it in your garden or maybe underneath some of the ornamentals in your landscape, don't do that. If, unless you know for sure they haven't put any weed killer on the pasture. In that case, it's safe to use anywhere. Well, I'm glad that you said that um, because uh, one of the questions that I forgot to ask your screener was, um, I'm wanting to make a small raised garden this spring, and I didn't know if I could mix that in with the soil uh, uh-huh. during that time also. So. Does, do you know your neighbor well enough to be real specific and say, have you sprayed anything on the pasture? Tell me the truth. And if they no, say no, yes. I, and... I, I, I do know that neighbor well enough to, okay. to ask that question. And, and they would be honest with me about that. Yeah. But I have not yeah. asked that question to this point. If you ask the question, he says, nope, nothing on this pasture, then you're safe to use it in your raised bed. If you want to just try and find out, Charlie, just for the fun of the experiment sometimes, now is a great time to do the experiment to test manure just to see if you don't know, you know, what has gone on with it. And let's take a little seedling tomato plants. Tomatoes are very sensitive to herbicides. And take a little seedling tomato plant, mix some of the manure with some potting soil in a cup, put the little seedling tomato in there and wait five days. And the tomato, if there is any herbicide in there, it will squall. It will, it will turn up and wrinkle up and look really unhappy. That's how you know. Do a little bioassay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, very good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Charlie, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750. So a number on Lawn and Garden. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery in Peachtree City. They got tomatoes on sale today. One gallon of plants for three bucks. Unbelievable. And the Chick-fil-A biscuits just arrived. If you want breakfast this morning, Peachtree City Pike Nursery will be here until 9. And we'll see you soon.